Schlob Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, Stan the Man, Paul Segretto, Badlands Baby. Huh. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchising today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, June 7, 2017, and the weather report here in southeast <laughs> Texas is bright, sunny skies, 90 degrees, no chance of rain. The only thing there's a chance of Stan is umbrellas and margaritas, so I better stay in my office. How are you today? <laughs> well, hey, it's maybe the first time this year that one or the other of us hasn't been talking about some nasty weather either on the way or on the way out. So that's a good sign, Paul. And we're almost at halftime, aren't we? we um, we're coming up to the, the beginning yeah, yeah. of the second half of the year, man. Can you believe it? It's hard to believe. I mean, we kept saying, you know, in February, you know, IFE is right around the corner and then March and then April is before you know it. And here it is. We're starting one week from today in the great city of New York City, our our mutual hometown. That is correct. And so the next week we'll both be in the air instead of on the air at lunchtime. Isn't that a fact? That's right. So we'll be playing a that is a correct. Re- a re- we couldn't plan yeah we couldn't plan it any other way. So we're uh, we're going to surprise everybody with a, um, a a downloaded replay that you'll be able to uh, access right here on Blog Talk Radio. But of course, you can listen to whatever you want by accessing Franchise Today Show on iTunes. There you go. So, Stan, um, I just wanted to give a shout-out. You know, I was looking through, you know, some of the um, upcoming guests. We've got, you know, um, Marianne O'Connell is going to be with us on July 12th. Gigi Butler from Gigi's Cupcakes will be with us on June 21st. Marianne, of course, will be talking about the upcoming franchise uh, capital exchange. And, of course, we've got, you know, some others in the queue, uh, Alan Boomer, Tom Kaiser, Mike Bidwell. Uh, got contacted by DLA Piper yesterday. Uh, Philip uh, Zeidman um, is is probably going to be one of our guests. Lane Fisher and Brad Fishman, Mary uh, Kay Liston, and Mark will be on. Uh, Shane Evans, Michael Side, and Joyce Mazzaro are just confirming. But what I wanted to do is, is shout out to really some of the great guests. Uh, all our guests are great. But, you know, over the last two months, we started with uh, Larry Sutton back on April 12th with R&R Tire. And, of course, he was on CNBC's Blue Collar Millionaire. Of course, right after that, Jimmy John Leotude himself uh, was our guest, followed by uh, David Nielsen from Guidant. We had Michael Elliott, which turned out to be just a fantastic show about his concept, uh, Hammer and Nails. Uh, Gary Findlay was with us from Restoration One. Jennifer Bell Saxton. Uh, hot off the trail of, of meeting with Tori Birch and winning one of the, the uh, fellow awards for 
our big entrepreneur program, and of course Jennifer's with Top Squad, and of course none other than the uh, the godmother of franchising, Dina Dwyer Owens, returned to the show last week. We had the uh, the CEO, uh, a millennial, Ashley Morris uh, from Capriotti's on the show, and it's just been an unbelievable lineup. And today's guest, um, Stan Rocco Fiorentino, a good friend of ours, uh, is on the show as well. So uh, really a nice string of of true power hitters in the franchise space. No doubt. And, um, and it, you know, the roster continues to flourish and we've been bringing some of the best of the best from the world of franchisors, franchisees and suppliers to the audience, Paul. And, and, you know, a little known fact that some may or may not know about today's guest, who I'm sure will tell us more about it when Rocco joins us. Um, but Rocco's not been any of those things. He's been all of those things in his career. In the years yeah, that I've known him, I've known, I've known him as a CEO and, and a supplier. Yep, absolutely. So before we bring Rocco on, why don't you give us a little bit of, uh, of insight into the front of the house and what might be coming up down the pike? Well, we'll keep it short and sweet today, Paul. You already mentioned the IFE next week, June 15th through 17 at the Javits Center in New York City. Looking forward to seeing hundreds of our good friends there. Um, I wanted to hit you with a little a little riddle today, Paul, because this is one completely out of left field, all right? So all right, what, do, what do Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons of KISS fame have in common with Ron Feldman? Wow. Well, first yeah. of all, you're mentioning Paul Stanley, and I know you're not referring to you and I, because I know better than <laughs> to correct. call you Stanley. Yeah, that's a good catch, so Paul. I, that's that one correct. slid right by me. That yeah. was good. <laughs> so Paul Gene Stanley, Simmons Gene Simmons, and Ron Feldman. Wow. And Ron Feldman. Wow. I, 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 all I can say is if Ron had Gene Simmons' tongue, he'd probably get those last few drops out of the <laughs> wine bottles. But other than that, I don't know. <laughs> Well, you're going to have to you're going to have to go to the current issue of Franchise Times to find out because well, for different reasons and on different pages, but their pictures are all in the current issue of Franchise Times. A great issue, the cover story on uh the front men Simmons and Stanley and their involvement with the franchise brand and of course a great picture of Ron um and talking about his new position with Apple Pie Capital. So You'll find all of that and a whole lot more in the June-July issue of Franchise Times. A couple of other things of note. You already mentioned Marianne O'Connell's uh, Franchise Capital Exchange, and she'll, of course, be joining us to speak about that in a couple or three weeks. Um, but for those who haven't yet gone to the website or even considered attending, uh, you can do so by going to FranchiseCapitalExchange.com. The event is in Chicago, August 22nd through the 24th. It will feature keynotes from Susan Beth, our good friend and COO of NRD Capital, and Shelly Sun, Bright Star CEO and IFA Chairwoman. All will be uh, featured as part of of uh, this event. And then, of course, the Fagri Franchise Summit this year, uh, August 30 and 31. So we have a month of you know, snooze time in July to just enjoy a little bit of the summer doldrums before 
Uh, we kick the dog days out and get cranked up for the fall season. The Fagery Summit, August 30 and 31, will be in Minneapolis, and it's going to be another great event. Shelley's son is going to continue the tradition of the IFA chair, keynoting that event as well. And in addition, um, Brian and company at Fagery have secured Troy Hazard as their two-day speaker. Anyone who's not heard Troy speak mm. is in for a real treat with this down-under um, franchise or franchisee and supplier, kind of a little bit like Rocco, except he's got a different kind of accent than one we might hear from our friends in Philly. But all good stuff coming up, Paul, this <laughs> summer. And I also wanted to make mention of something that I pulled from the IFA Insider this week, and it's a great story that can be found either in the Insider or you can find it at, at ourfranchise.org, and it features a Jimmy John's franchisee here in Atlanta who had a career in the U.S. Army and a career in government and the chance to go into business for herself at a later time in life. Great story. She's got a great business with a great brand right here in the suburbs of Atlanta, and it's a, a phenomenal story. She, she wins by giving back. It's more to her than just running a business, but she's making a big change, a big difference in her neighborhood, giving kids jobs in places where jobs are needed and helping to uh, give back to her community and help local youth. So kudos to Felicia Parks. Read more about her either in The Insider or you can link to the story from within The Insider to IFAs at yourfranchise.org and learn more about that. And, Paul, we could go on and on, but we've got a great guest today who I can't wait to have a conversation with. So I'm going to park it right there and ask you to bring Rocco on for us. Yes, definitely uh, long, long, long overdue uh, having today's guest on the show. And today's um, show is titled Top Trends. That means Top Benetrends in Franchise Funding Solutions. And Rocco, CEO of Benetrends, uh, has been quoted as saying, according to the International Franchise Association, franchise businesses are projected to grow faster than the rest of the economy. Benetrends is committed to supporting the growth and success of franchises by providing access to capital as well as a full suite of small business funding solutions. Rocco, finally, welcome to Franchise Today. Well, thank you, Paul, and thank you, Stan. It's a pleasure to be here on the station with you today. Well, it's so, Rocco, you a know, pleasure having you. Rocco, I was going to say that I just want to let the audience know from the onset that you may live in Philadelphia, but and you may be even as close to me in age as anybody I know, but I'm the guy who told Ben Franklin to go fly a kite. Did you know that? You know, he mentioned that to me at lunch the other day. <laughs> I should have expected to come thank back you, with you there, Rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be with uh, two franchising greats. And, Paul, I've heard you uh, speak earlier about some of the guests in the past and some of the guests you've got coming up in the future. And boy, I'll tell you, uh, certainly some of franchising's best. And uh, we all know that all too well yeah. being in the industry so long. So it's been a great ride for us. As you know, it's a very infectious business and industry. Once you get in it, it's very, very hard to get out of the franchise industry. So we've made a lot of friends along the way and certainly have uh, made uh, uh, great careers out of, uh, of the franchise industry. So we're very pleased about that. 
Absolutely. And to that end, you know, we, we, we know you have a lot of experience in franchising. So what I'd like to start off with uh, is, is take us back as far as you want. I know you have the, uh, the triple crown in franchising as a franchisee, a franchisor, and a franchise supplier. But, but take us back, you know, coming out of school as far back as you want to go and, and bring us up to where you are today, and then we'll build from there. Yeah, sure. Uh, I was fortunate enough when I uh, got out of uh, high school and college to start a business. I was actually a mechanical contractor, and uh, my first uh, client was McDonald's. And uh, I started to service uh, one or two or three of the McDonald's, and sooner or later had to uh, get a couple more trucks and service the number of the different operators. And before I knew it, I blinked my eye, and we had 30 trucks on the road servicing all of the McDonald's in the Philadelphia region, which was uh, PA, New Jersey, Delaware, and New York. And uh, very successful for us, learned a lot about uh, servicing a brand. And that taught us that, uh, you know, brands are very consistent, and uh, they have more often than not the same uh, brands of equipment and fixtures and furniture. So when we serviced McDonald's, we thought, gee, we could service Burger King and Hilton and Sheridan and Denny's and Friendly's. And all of a sudden, we became the brand kings in uh, in the mechanical contracting world. And lo and behold, uh, back in uh, uh, the 80s, uh, I had an old Jewish neighbor of mine that was a bagel baker in New York. And uh, back in the 60s, the Bagel Bakers Union, which uh, was created, if you can imagine that, uh, kind of drove him out of New York, came to Philadelphia, opened up a bagel shop in a mall, and it was time for a remodel. And I was uh, uh, charged with the task of remodeling the bagel shop. So we did we did a lot of mechanical work and also uh, woodworking and design. So we, we remodeled the bagel shop, and unfortunately, uh, he took ill, went in the hospital, had a heart attack, and uh, never really got back to work. So I ended up with a bagel shop by default. And uh, from there, I built seven more and bought out some of the old chains you might remember, uh, Skolnick's Bagels and uh, Bagel Nosh back in the day, and started to oh, acquire some, uh, some shops. Yeah. <laughs> so I started yeah, I remember with, uh, Bagel Nosh. My wife yeah. always loved it because, you know, get a hamburger on a bagel. That was the first place we ever saw that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You brought yeah. back a great yeah, memory. Yeah, so they, you know. They, they really uh, they, they knew what they were doing back in the day. And then Skolnick's, which was a chain owned by R.J. Reynolds, uh, was certainly taking shape, and uh, we acquired them as well. So got to be large through acquisition. And then uh, finally in 96, I sold to uh, then publicly traded Manhattan Bagel. Uh, they were large, and uh, they, they wanted the Philadelphia market, which we owned. And they certainly had money from uh, just going public. So we made a great deal with them. And I stayed on board uh, with Manhattan Bagel for five years. I had a three-year contract. And it's very rare uh, for an owner to sell and stay on longer than their term. Usually it's much shorter. But anyway, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I did want to buy a franchise. I wanted to become a franchisee after I'd been a franchisor for all those years. So I uh, was able to secure the rights uh, for Krispy Kreme Donuts in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. And that was an amazing ride for me. So we took that on in 1999 and sold back to the company in 2007. And then uh, from there, I got in, uh, in, in on the supplier side. 
and uh, now uh, as CEO of Benetrends, uh, certainly work with all the different great brands that uh, are involved in franchising and uh, uh, work with them on the funding side. So we've become a funding partner to most of the brands. And so it's been a great ride. And you're right. Uh, I, I was able to be a franchisee, a franchisor, and now a supplier to the, uh, to the franchise industry. So it's been a wonderful experience for me, and I feel very comfortable in the industry because I've kind of experienced all three sides of it, if you will. Excellent. Wow. Krispy Kreme donuts right at the uh, the height of the uh, the expansion. That was quite a territory that you uh, you had. That's uh, that's quite a challenge. I think that's when quite I first met you, sure you Rocco, is right. when my former uh, my former president at Blimpy Subs and Salads was, I think, running the territory in New York for the. Oh, Joe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Joe Morgan. And who was it? Restaurant Associates that owned, I think, the New York market at that time. R.A. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think that's when I first met you. And Rocco, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't also talk about uh, your fierce dedication to the IFA. You've been a board member for a number of years and very proactively engaged in driving membership into the IFA. And another chapter in your life that you might not think to talk about here with a just franchise audience, but we'd also be remiss if we didn't talk about the work that Tina and you do and the Little Rock Foundation and what was once Little Rock should now be, I once was Little Rock, because I can't believe how much Little Rock has grown. But talk to us a little bit about the nonprofit and the, and the heart space side of your life, because that to me yes. would be, we'd miss that completely if, you, if, if we didn't talk about that. Certainly, Stan. And as you said, uh, you know, when I became a franchisee of uh, Krispy Kreme, uh, I joined the IFA. So I'm going back quite a few years. And I started in the IFA uh, on the Franchisee Forum uh, Council and uh, met with a lot of franchisees. And uh, that was such a great experience for me. Interestingly enough, one of the gentlemen on that committee, which uh, George Zagrophilus, who is a large Dunkin' Donuts franchisee, so here I am uh, on a committee, and the guy next to me is uh, a perceived competitor. He's a large Dunkin' Donuts operator. I'm a large Krispy Kreme developer. I will tell you that I learned <laughs> there are no secrets left in this industry. George and I got along amazingly, shared a lot of great uh, uh, time together, and we became best of friends. So from there, uh, you know, I, I uh, went uh, on the board. I served two terms on the board. And I served as chairman for the membership committee for the last six years and then the seven years prior to that as the co-chair under Lane Fisher for the membership committee. So I've dedicated uh, a lot of my professional life to the IFA. And I just feel simply that, uh, first of all, I've learned a lot from the IFA and the people I've met there. I'm sometimes a much better student than a teacher. And uh, I will tell you that I always give back, uh, and I always give back to the industry that I make a good living in. And I've learned how to give back uh, from when I was a kid. And what you had mentioned earlier, Stan, is uh, Little Rock, a little, my son, Little Rocco. He's now Middle Rock. He's 20 years old and living in Nashville. But he was born blind. He was a twin, and uh, he was born early. So from his premature birth, he, uh, he lost his sight. But he's an amazing, talented musician and singer and uh, producer, and he sang at many, many franchise conferences. Uh, I also was a uh, chair for the first four years for the multi-unit franchise conference, 
and uh, still sit on the board uh, for the multi-unit conference. And my son, as you know, Stan, has been singing at that conference for the last 14 years. So it's been great to have him uh, involved in the work I'm involved in and meet some of the folks I work with on a regular basis. And I will tell you that for me personally, giving back to an industry, giving back to a community is, is so rich for me. I get back threefold in health and happiness whatever I give. So I will always be a giver, always be philanthropic, and always have uh, a big heart and, uh, and certainly open my wallet every time I could to support others that may be less fortunate. So thank you for bringing that up, and thank you for uh, mentioning the IFA. Big part of what I do, and I would hope everyone listening continues to make it a big part of what they do in their profession. It certainly has made me uh, a well-rounded professional uh, in franchising, I will tell you that. And a very lucky guy who um, you know, married way above his station in life, we'd be <laughs> we'd be remiss completely if we didn't talk a little bit about Tina and and the backbone that um, you're a very very fortunate man, Rock. You know, some yeah, people uh, some people don't see the blessings; they just see the challenges. But you know, you, you've got the strength and backbone of of a phenomenal family, and uh, and everyone whose life's been touched by you's been probably improved a little bit along the way for themselves as well. So I thank you and Tina for all that you do for IFA and for all of us as members that um, have shed a, tear, shed a tear more than once uh, when, you, when Little Rock has touched our hearts. Thank you so much. So, so talk Paul, a little bit now about the business. And, you know, I, th I think that as many people as take it for granted as, anymore that you can do what you can do with a 401K, um, I'm all but willing to bet that there are a great many more people who had no idea that they could not only get into business for themselves with capital that's sitting in a 401k from an old job, but uh, they could take, actually take charge of their life and put that, in, that investment money to work for them without suffering a penalty. How does it all work? Well, you know, I'll keep it in, in the simplest terms, and uh, you're right, most folks do not realize that they can use their 401k or their IRA money to start a business tax-deferred and penalty-free. So one of the simple ways I describe what we do is um, if, um, if you were working uh, for Apple uh, for 20 years and you had a 401k with Apple and you contributed to it and or your employer contributed to it, you probably over the 20 years were able to save up some money, maybe two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. If you left Apple and uh, you went to Microsoft, you probably would move your 401k from Apple to Microsoft. And a lot of us that are listening in today uh, have had uh, jobs and careers with one organization or company. And when they switch to another, they know that they moved their 401k funds yet to another qualified plan. Well, frankly, you did a rollover if you did that. You rolled it over from one qualified plan to another. Now, the cool thing about what we do is uh, we are able to take that plan and design a new plan that is permitted to invest in a new company that uh, you would uh, decide to, to own and operate. So, for example, if you wanted to own and operate any one of the great franchise brands, uh, you could fund – uh, the investment with your 401k funds. And uh, I always think that, uh, you know, sometimes uh, a lot of folks we deal with have their 401k in a plan with a Vanguard or Charles Schwab or any one of the big uh, managers, and they really never see it. They get quarterly statements, 
and in those quarterly statements, they'll see the charges for managing the money, and that money's invested with a lot of different companies spread out all over. But none of us really know uh, the management of those companies, uh, the real performance of those companies. We rely on these money managers to do that. So when you take your money out of your own 401k and put it into a newly designed plan that we would do and buy any one of the great franchise brands, you're actually investing in yourself. And what better way to invest than in yourself? And uh, we've been doing it for 34 years. Uh, We've put a lot of people into business. There's so many corporate refugees that are in their 40s and sometimes early 50s. And uh, things change in their world, either the organization they're working for uh, downsized or went in another direction. And they find themselves, uh, you know, in in a 20, 30-year career not really sure about what they want to do next. And in a lot of cases, they're uh, overqualified to take on some some other jobs that may be available. So they've always wanted to go into business, and this is one way uh, for them to do it and fund it so there's no debt service. And instead of taking that money out and paying 30% tax and 10% early withdrawal, you could take it out 100% as long as it's in a qualified plan. So... So, you know, a lot of people hear about, a lot of people hear about the IRA and and 401k rollover and think that it's something new. And as you said, you've been doing it, Benetrans has been doing it for 34 years. And to many people under the radar, a lot of people still have questions as to, you know, how it's possible to do that. Can you take us back to, you know, how, uh, Benetrans launched into the uh, the 401k rollover business funding plan um, because I think it, it's interesting for some people to know some of the historical factors here. Sure. Um, our founder, Len Fisher, uh, is an ERISA attorney. He's a pension and benefits attorney, and he's uh, been uh, in that field in law for a very long time. And back in the early 80s, uh, he did uh, – uh, go to the IRS and Department of Labor, and uh, he is actually the architect of what they now call the rollover for business startup, or fondly called ROBS. And um, it sometimes robs the government out of the taxes they may get. But um, when he went there, he said, uh, let's understand this, and let's figure out a way for these people to be able to invest their money that they really earned and put it where uh, it could be in a qualified plan. And why does it have to go into a publicly traded company? Why can't these funds be eligible to invest into privately held companies? And that was the challenge back in the day. So they created uh, the rollover for business startup, and we fondly call it the Rainmaker. So that's the trademark we use, and it's called the Rainmaker Plan. So if anyone was really thinking about opening and operating a business, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, my God, how am I going to finance this? It's a two or $300,000 investment. I can certainly borrow the money, and uh, they're right, they can. And we've got other products. There's SBA loans, there's asset-backed loans, there's equipment leasing. But in a lot of cases, people find that they want to use the money that's sitting in their 401K. And you all remember back in 08 and 09 when uh, the market crashed a little bit, mm-hmm. You know, the joke back then was my 401K is now my 201K and maybe even my 101K because it's <laughs> cut or larger. <clears throat> so when that happened, they realized, I think I'd like to invest in myself and control my destiny. And uh, it's a great way to fund a new business. 
and it's a great way to allow your employees to be part of a plan. So in a lot of cases, small businesses uh, don't really ever have a 401k plan. And uh, if you use your 401k funds to invest in a business, uh, all of your employees would be eligible to participate. Now, you're not required to match it, but at least they're eligible to participate and they'll be able to start building their 401k funds just as you did in order to get to your three or $400,000 that you used to start the business. So it's a really, really great opportunity for entrepreneurs to finally get to be entrepreneurs and do what they've always wanted to do and live the dream of being in business for themselves and controlling their destiny. And it's so much fun to watch all these people go into all kinds of businesses, so many different types of businesses, and really enjoy themselves. And, uh, you know, we, we have them, we, we speak with them often because we manage their plan. And I just get so excited when I hear how well they're doing in their business, and more importantly, how much they enjoy it instead of working for people. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, no one quits their job, they quit their boss. And uh, when you become your own boss, Boy, I'll tell you, that is such a world of difference. And I know you guys have experienced that, and uh, it is such a great feeling. You're listening to Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman along with Paul Segreto, and we're talking today with Benetrend's CEO, Rocco Fiorentino. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach, delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise in general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and providing you with the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry, along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing Zs, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified, too, with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. Rocky, you know, a lot of people that um, look to start a business uh, don't even know where to start when it comes to financing. Um, a lot of people say, you know, buying a business goes through the same process like, you know, buying a house, but most people 
understand what the process is to uh, to get a mortgage, uh, so to speak, but they don't understand the process um, on the um, on the business side because there are a lot of options, but yet a lot of them think that it's just you know the SBA. So I really appreciate you telling us about or explaining in detail about the um, the four hundred one k rollover because I know a lot of people are going to be interested in that after listening to today's show. Tell us a little bit more from the, you know, from the business standpoint or actually from the consumer standpoint, what can they expect to go through when they contact uh, Benetrends? And and I see on your site, you know, there's a pre-qualification button. There's a lot of good resources. I think the blog's got some great information. What's kind of the process that a franchise candidate, sure. or even at that point, they're just an interested party. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting, Paul. You're so right. People that do want to go into business end up thinking about how they're going to fund it or finance it. And again, if they've never done that before, uh, it is going to be uh, something new and foreign to them. Unlike a mortgage where the residential home is uh, valued and used as collateral for the mortgage, A new business uh, that's just starting has no real income or profit or, uh, you know, bottom line income yet. So it's much more difficult to get financed than a a residential home would be. So we do have a 19-page white paper on our site uh, for funding a franchise. So if anyone goes to Benetrends.com, you can download the white paper. If you choose to uh, fill out the form to be pre-qualified for SBA or any other type of lending, uh, it's real simple. There's no cost to it, and we don't do a hard pull on the credit report. And it's easy enough to find out what you're eligible for. It's very similar to uh, you know getting a mortgage and understanding how much house you can buy. A lot of folks now want to get pre-qualified before they go look for homes because they want to understand if they can afford a $300,000 or a $600,000 home based on a lot of different things. So we've made it easy for them, and we provided the white paper to educate them on what's available, whether they use Benetrans or anyone else. I would love for them to be educated in the process. And for franchisors out there, it's so important that they find a funding partner that understands their brand, understands their unit economics, and is able to take their candidates, their potential franchisees, uh, to a place where they can get funding instead of relying on the franchise candidate to tell their bank about it. And we've been working with franchisors. We add financing tabs on their websites. We add the downloaded uh, white paper for them. So try to make it as easy as possible. But there is a lot to learn, and we're happy to help you in many different ways, whether you want us to walk it through you through it with you personally, or if you just want to download the white paper and take some time to read up on it and then contact someone from Benetrends to, to follow up. I would also think, Rocco, that as so many people, you know, great analogy with real estate, so many people think that buying or selling a home or getting their mortgage done, you know, for sale by owner or doing it on your own um, is an easy thing to do until you've tried to do it. And then you find out that that realtor really is earning their percentage and making their money, helping to guide and navigate you through a a process that is just, even for someone who's done it before, it's not something you do daily. So it's an onerous process. 
Isn't that it kind is, of man. similar here too? There, there are others that can try to do something like this on their own, but I'm sure you would counsel against that, wouldn't you? I would, only because uh, anytime you're going to apply for an SBA loan, you're talking about a government-backed program, and there is a lot of paperwork involved, and it can get very frustrating for some. It's like applying for a mortgage in today's world. It's not as easy as it was 20 years ago, and a lot of people get frustrated. So we've kind of built a bridge between the borrower and the lender, and uh, we've done that so that we can take most of the pain away. And, I, you know, I describe an SBA loan certainly very unlike a weekend at the Ritz-Carlton. The coffee is going to be cold. The juice is going to be late. So allow us and guide you through that process. On the rollover side, uh, maybe Paul mentioned it earlier. You know, because it's your money and you have access to it, you, uh, we run across folks a lot of times whereby they may have gone through a divorce or they may have had a huge medical issue whereby they had a bankruptcy or they had a bad uh, experience financially and their credit was destroyed. So when you use your 401k funds to fund your business, it really doesn't matter if you've had a bankruptcy or bad credit because that money is yours and it's available basically within a week or two as soon as we can you know, get it from the current money manager that has it and then start the new business. So it does allow folks that think they could never get a loan to be in business for themselves. I did want to mention that. What percentage of, of the business that you see from the want the entrepreneurs that are looking to become entrepreneurs is now being funded through the, the rollover program? Is it a growing slice of market share on, it, on an annual basis? Yeah, you know, it, it, it grows and it shrinks. It really uh, is, is based on access to credit. So, for example, in uh, 2008, 2009, 2010, when access to credit was very difficult, uh, the rollovers um, were really very popular. And frankly, uh, most franchisors uh, recommended that as a means to fund the businesses. And then uh, I guess in the last two or three years, access to credit was, uh, was very good. Now this year in 2017, we see that tightening up. So uh, I, I suspect that rollovers will, uh, will, will probably go back up. Also, you can use your, your 401k funds for the uh, initial capital investment if you did a, an SBA loan. If you were doing a project that was about $800,000 and you wanted to borrow 550000 from the SBA, you could still get the $250,000 cash injection or capital injection from your rollover, and that would also qualify. So you could use it in conjunction with an SBA loan or use it if you have enough money yourself. So there's not a lot of ways to skin that cat. Definitely very interesting. Um, it's, uh, as, you, as you said, you know, a lot of people uh, would definitely get um, – a little bit, a little bit uptight, uh, considering the uh, the amount of paperwork. But as we know, um, getting involved in your own business and venturing into entrepreneurship, um, there's no greater dream, at least in, in my mind. And I think you guys will probably uh, concur on that as well. Well, tell us a little bit about you know, trying to run through the options. Tell us a little bit about you know, backed securities and, and how equipment leasing can fit into the package because sometimes it's just not one solution that can get a franchise candidate where they need to be. Yeah, I, I can do that. And before I uh, move a, away from the rollover, I would share with you gentlemen that once in a while we'll get someone that says, gee, you know, after I talk to my spouse 
uh, we're a little uncomfortable using our retirement funds. Everyone's told us that, you know, that should be Bible. That's something we should never touch. So when you really think about the retirement funds, in a lot of cases, uh, the average amount of money that uh, the folks we deal with uh, have in their IRA or 401ks, somewhere between $150,000 and $450,000. I think all of us would agree that we're living longer. Uh, there's parts we can buy for ourselves. There's knees and shoulders and hips and all kinds of new parts, and they have all kinds of uh, amazing, uh, uninvasive surgery that will keep us going for a long time. So we're living longer, and if we want to retire at the ripe age of 66 or 68 or even 70, we're going to need more than what we typically have in our 401K uh, if we want to live as long as we hope to without changing our lifestyles. So rather than have that 401k become the 201k, which it did in 08 and 09, or earn you yourself uh, one or two or three percent a year, you could actually take that money, buy a business, and work from the neck up and own and operate a business for the next 10 or 15 years, take a salary from that business, and then when you want to sell that business, it's probably worth three or four times what you paid for or invested into it, and that money goes back in your retirement plan since the retirement plan owns the business. So it's a really cool way to leverage your investment instead of give it to someone to earn 1% or 2 or 3% or negative in some cases. Does that make sense? It sure does, especially Absolutely. In, down, in down market times, um, it more than makes sense. I guess when the market's on fire, it, it might be a little bit more of a hard sell uh, because the ROI on the money in, in Wall Street is, is probably doing pretty good for you. When the market's down, I think I would rather trust my own business and me at the helm of my own business to help my money grow than to see what Wall Street does when it, when those are not so good times that we're hearing about yeah. um, in those years. So, Stan, if I said to you, what if you'd like to start a business and I could get the government to fund 40% of whatever the investment is, would you like that? I'd say it's about time they gave me something back. About time they gave you something back. <laughs> so the money in your 401k has not been has not been taxed. The money right. in your checking account or savings account has been taxed. So right. sometimes folks will say, "Well, I have the cash. I, I'd like to use that." Well, you could, but that 200,000 used to be 280 <laughs> or 270, and then you paid tax right. on it. It's now 200. The 280 in your retirement plan will come out as 280 because all it's doing is investing in a business, and the, the new retirement plan will own that business. And when it's sold, that money goes back in there. So you really have uh, the government subsidizing. Uh, yeah, I see it. Really kind of sweet. You talk about the 401k being 201 or 101k. reminds me of those years, too, when we were all <laughs> running around saying flat is the new up. <laughs> yes, exactly right. I remember that all so well. Yeah. And then, Paul, you asked about other products. Uh, there's something called asset-backed lending. Let's say you worked for Pfizer for 20 years and you had stock in that publicly traded company and you got that stock at a very low basis of maybe 2 bucks or 5 bucks, and now it's worth 30 or 40 bucks. Instead of selling the stock and paying the capital gains, uh, we could do a loan and use the stock portfolio as the collateral for the loan. Those loans take about seven to ten days, and the interest rate is uh, very, very low. Usually it's LIBOR or just about LIBOR in a point. Uh, so it's probably in the 3% range right now, 35 and, um, 
you can get up to 80% of the value of the stock and you don't have to sell it. So asset-backed lending is certainly another option. Equipment leasing, depending on the type of business you're buying, if the equipment is leasable, that's certainly an option. Uh, but between all of them, you know, it really depends on everyone's situation. Our goal is to uh, have a conversation with a, with, a, with a new client, understand what their goals are, understand what they're doing, and then make several recommendations on the best way to, to get it all funded. And that's been working out very well. You know, I have to ask a, a question because we started out, you know, in the show, uh, I've been tweeting on, on Twitter about the three Bs we started with, which, of course, was um, uh, Bagel Nosh, Blimpies, and uh, Stan's old high school team uh, classmate, Ben Franklin. But how does a person go from being a, a, a franchisee with Krispy Kremes, you got involved with, you know, Manhattan Bagel, you know, you with uh, Bagel Nosh, I mean, to the point of being with one of the leading, if not the leading, uh, financial solution firms in the franchise space. It, it, it seems like a big leap. So I'm going to ask you to go back and kind of the bridge that a little bit. Yeah, sure. You know, it's interesting. Uh, franchising is, is uh, such a vast industry, and it covers uh, so much of, of the world of business. You know, most people think it's all small business, but it's really not. I mean, look at McDonald's and some of the bigger brands. But uh, I always believe that um, as an entrepreneur, uh, I face challenges every day, and my goal is to get from one challenge to the next very enthusiastically. So once you learn about the products, what I find interesting is a simple way to explain it or message it. So what I love about what I do now is that I was a franchisor, and when I was a franchisor in the bagel business, there was no – I didn't know about Benetrends, uh, that they could help me and my franchise candidates get funded. And then when I became a franchisee of Krispy Kreme, uh, we worked with a big bank down in Winston-Salem where the home office was, BB&T, Branch Banking and Trust. And uh, mm -hmm. at the time, uh, boy, we just went public in 99, and they were giving us tens of millions of dollars with no personal guarantees. It was just a different day. But now, you know, I look at the products we have, and I can really understand my client big time in a big way. So I can talk to a franchisor because I was there. I, I, I drove that same bus. I could talk to a franchise candidate because I was there. I drove that same bus. And now I have products that I think can get them where they want to go. So it's all so relative for me. And I just love the space I'm in, to be honest with you. Rocco, I want to ask you to um, to talk a little bit about the franchisor side of the business. And as a recovering franchisor um, who used to spend a lot of time in franchise development and dealing with recruits that were looking for ways to capitalize their dreams, I sent a lot of people to have conversations with guys like Stevie Stovall and Dallas and others on your team. Um, tell the franchisors in the audience a little bit about the kid gloves that you put on and how you manage relationships with those candidates because the scariest thing in the world, you know, you've got to know that sending your candidate out to talk to somebody and hoping that they're going to be treated there the way they are by you is always that mm, push and pull moment. Talk a little bit about mm -hmm. the concierge kinds of service and, and the way your team Certainly. works to work with well, candidates. Thank yeah, thank you, Stan. Uh, I make it a point uh, to, to lead from, from the bottom up, and sometimes we have to lead from the top down. But one thing we're really passionate about is 
amazing uh, client experience. And the first thing we have to do is set the expectations. So uh, whenever franchisors send us candidates, I understand that those leads are golden. Uh, they may have paid uh, dearly for those leads from the broker industry or maybe from the websites. But the last thing you want to do is send the client uh, to a, a supplier and have to uh, apologize for the experience. So we make sure that we take good care of the clients, and, and our whole team has done that. And I will tell you, uh, I am at the top of the list. Anytime there is an elevated issue, and there are because we're human, I am the first in the line of fire. I call the client and say, I am the CEO. I just found out about your issue. I'd love to make sure that we make it right and make you a champion. Give me a few minutes to understand the file, and let's figure this out. And when they get notified from me, knowing that we're going to take care of a problem, I mean, listen, it could be a bank problem. They could say, I'm so frustrated. The bank told me that they were going to lend me 400000 and now they're only going to lend me 300000 What am I to do? Well, probably what happened is, during the due diligence, a couple things came up. We had issues where you know someone had a 912 issue. That's a uh, uh, you know a criminal issue, and uh, we work around that. Or maybe what they had in the bank isn't what they found in the bank. So there's a lot of reasons why it happens. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you've got to take care of the uh, the customer. And as a franchisor, I would want to know that I had a good partner that took care of my clients. So if you can imagine being in the automobile business, a lot of us that are listening in today uh, probably bought a new car in the last five years. And if you went into the Ford dealer to buy a Mustang, so wow, I love the Mustang. Do you have it in red? You bet. I got it in red, yellow, black, hardtop, convertible, whatever you want. Great. I'll take it. Um, how do I finance it? What if they said, oh my God, we don't do that. You go to your bank and you tell them all about <laughs> my Mustang. And they'll give you a $40,000 check, and then you can come back and buy it. Now, across the street, there's a Chevy dealer and the Camaro on the floor uh, somebody fell in love with. And they said, you know, we have a funding and a financial services department. You could lease it. You could own it. You could, lo you could do anything you, you want, but you're going to sign and drive, baby. You're driving out of the showroom with this today, and you're not going to your bank. We're taking care of all that for you. So when I say that to franchisors, I hope they understand that we're not talking about a $40,000 investment. We're talking about a two dollars to $400,000 investment. And you better believe it's your responsibility to have a funding partner or a lender uh, to take care of your clients. And it shouldn't be that they have to go find their funding themselves. So sometimes when I hear franchisors say, I don't do that, I say, why? So let me get this straight. You have an exclusive or, or an exclusive supplier for all of your chairs, your tables, your equipment, your counters, your signage, but you don't have an exclusive supplier for funding. You only have exclusive suppliers who take your money or take your franchise candidate's money. You have no exclusive supplier that supplies the money. I want you to think about that for a second. And then the light bulb goes off. They say, oh, my God, you're right. It is our responsibility. Or they'll say to me, I only work with people with money. And I'd say, why? People with money are smart. They like to borrow money as well. And why would you cast such a short net? Why don't you expand your net and deal with people who have money or have access to money? What's the difference? Does that make sense to you guys? Sure does. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we have those conversations a lot. Absolutely. And, uh, I think uh, having a funding partner is more important than having a grill supplier or a counter supplier or a signage supplier. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think wow. it's the first supplier that you have. <laughs> Rocco, before I uh, ask you how individuals, uh, franchisors, and, and franchise candidates alike uh, can find out some more information, 
I'd like you to give us a little bit of, of your wisdom and advice to franchisors in how they're positioning their brand, especially as they're being looked at a little bit more closely through the, uh, the lending microscope, microscope, so to speak. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, a lot of times today lenders are looking at not only the credit of the borrower, which is the franchisee, but they're looking at the use of the funds. So they're going to look at what you're buying. And if it is a franchisor that does not have a good track record with SBA lending uh, in terms of failure rates or a franchisor that doesn't really have a good track record and support uh, or unit economics, uh, they certainly will not look at that brand favorably. And it may turn the franchise candidate uh, away and uh, go to one of the competitors. As a franchisor, I would want to make sure that, uh, first and foremost, the system has amazing customer service. I don't care what business you're in. Secondly, I would make sure that the unit economics and the profitability of the franchisees was absolutely a priority. And then thirdly, I would then think about the strategy and growth and how you want to grow in terms of geographically and who you want to grow with and how you profile these people. Some franchisors uh, like the opportunity to only do multi-units because uh, they, they want to sell three packs and five packs. And that's nice, uh, but sometimes it may not be the best thing for that franchise candidate. Maybe it is. Maybe they're more sophisticated and they'd like to do that, but in some cases it's not. So I have to be a little careful there. But I would say that uh, customer satisfaction and uh, franchisee profitability are two of my really high priorities if I'm a franchisor. And I think most franchisors should feel the same way. I was going to say, excellent advice, especially since we have such a big part of our audience that are emerging brands, um, very, very um, impacted by what veterans like yourself, you know, say on the show. And as Stan and I are always, you know, told by people entering the space that they've listened to different segments of Franchise Today and have learned a lot. And some of the franchisors are actually utilizing some of our shows for, you know, training and educational purposes uh, within their team and their staff. Um, I really appreciate you being with us today. Uh, Rocco, why don't you tell our audience uh, how people could learn more about Benetrends and its uh, wide array of solutions and, and where Benetrends might be represented at an upcoming event. Certainly, Paul. Uh, we will certainly be at the Franchise Expo in New York City next week. Uh, we will have a booth there and a lot of information. However, we do spend a lot of time and effort on our website, which is benetrends.com. Uh, there's videos on there. There's how-tos. There's the white paper on how to do uh, or how to even think about franchise funding and all the different options. So it really is a good opportunity for you to educate yourself on what's available, what's out there. I can tell you as uh, funding consultants, um, the most important piece for us is to identify what would be best for you. Even if we don't get your business or we couldn't earn your business or maybe we don't have a product for you, we can certainly point you in the right direction. And I'm always available. Uh, yeah, my face is on the website. We've got the, a lot about us. Sometimes I look at websites and, and I see the tab where it says about us and I click on it and there's maybe one paragraph and I think, wow, 
uh, you know, that really doesn't tell the story about the company that you're about to uh, do business with. So we make sure we, uh, we, we spend a lot of time on the website. There's a lot of blogs on there. There's a lot of testimonials on there. And, uh, you know, we're very, very proud of our people and certainly our clients who have been with us for years. So, yeah, please visit Benetrends.com and take a look on there. And if there's anything we can do, certainly just give us a call or an email, and we will always get back to you uh, within a reasonable amount of time. And I mean usually in an hour or two, not days or two. Well, thank you, Rocco. I really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy your time out on the West Coast. I appreciate you uh, being with us early today from your time uh, normally spent on the uh, on the East Coast. Thanks again. Sure. My pleasure, and thank you for having me. And uh, please know that uh, I would be delighted to be on the show at any time. Thanks so much, Rocco. Sounds good. Right. right. Thank you. Well, Stan, um, very interesting. I mean, the, the triple uh, the triple header, the uh, the triple crown in franchising, franchisee, franchisor, franchise supplier. I think uh, it's provided uh, Rocco with a lot of perspective in working with uh, entrepreneurs that are looking at different uh, funding options. And I'm, you know, I'm so proud of Rocco as, as to being one of those triple crown winners, but a guy who no matter whether he was a Zizor and now a supplier, um, always has one of the, the brightest smiles painted on his face always happy to see him and talk with him and oh, really pleased sure to have him as have him as our guest today i think i'd also have to give him the personal award for best dressed in franchising yeah well he's right up there with whoever may be whoever may be in first place if he doesn't take it um he's definitely in that top top two yeah, I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can't think of anybody else. Well, Stan, uh, you guys as you said earlier, uh, <laughs> as you said earlier, Stan, next week we will not be on the air. We will be in the air, so we will not be uh, reporting live next week, uh, but certainly the week after with our guest, uh, Gigi Butler from – Gigi's Cupcakes. That should be a very interesting show, and of course, we'll have a lot to banter about that show coming out of the Big Apple and the International Franchise uh, Expo. So you and I don't get a chance very often to see ourselves uh, in person. Uh, This will be one of those events, but I know as busy as we're both going to be, and as has happened in the past, a lot of times it's just a shake of a hand, a quick hug, and uh, and before we know it, the weekend's gone, and uh, we hadn't had a chance to spend much time together. And so goes the busy part of being in business, right? Yeah, but you know, my Paul, it's New York, so uh, we're going to have to find the carve-out, no pun intended, for a corned beef on rye or a pastrami, whichever the case may be. Yep, I think Katz has got our name written all over it. There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. Until next week. My name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best, in this great, great thing we call franchising. And Franchise Today is out. Franchise pros, stand amazed. Paul Segreto, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising Today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise Today, sustainable growth. Franchise today. Franchise today. Huh?
Yeah.